Hello, welcome to Injury Prevention Podcasts. My name is Rod McClure. I'm editor of the BMJ journal Injury Prevention, and each month I chat with a distinguished researcher or practitioner, and together we explore the narrative of their injury prevention careers. Today we have the privilege of talking with Dr. Andres Belavisis. Andre, can you tell us now, uh, to start the conversation, where you're currently working, please? Certainly. I work uh, currently for the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention at the Division of Violence Prevention, specifically on the field epidemiology br- uh, prevention branch on violence against children surveys, mostly in Latin America. And I have been doing this for the last uh, a little bit, um, about two years. Now, I know you've been in the field a lot longer than two years. So, Matt, could you tell us, please, how you got to where you currently are in terms of your road through the world? Absolutely. Yes, I, I studied medicine and graduated in the early 90s. In, uh, I was born in Colombia. Um, I studied medicine there. Um, and uh, in, in the process of studying medicine, I, I encountered... Uh, at the time when I was practicing a lot of uh, events that were related to injuries. Uh, But uh, I wanted to do more research as a physician than actually practice medicine. And so I applied for a master's in public health and I got into Emory University after doing my medical career. Um, I did two years at Emory University um, and worked on what was called, uh, it was called international health, uh, now it's called global health. Um, and then transitioned to work on epidemiology. I went into a program, a PhD in epidemiology at the University of Washington, but I, I really got into injuries in, in, in a very, uh, not in a very purposeful way. It was most, mo- mostly through a project, I really re- remember. In uh, Emory University, we had a project where we had to identify the two, three biggest causes of mortality of a country. And I selected my own country. At that time, there was a very high rates of violence occurring. And one of the topics that I selected for a particular class was, was that one. And then a second paper led me to expand a little bit and, and, and try to present some solutions. After which the, the professor in that particular course suggested that I should join a newly in instituted course at the university that was about injury epidemiology. And I got into that topic and it really fascinated me and uh, that led to the selection of a topic for my master's thesis. Um, I had great mentors there. Um, I worked on a thesis that was looking at firearm injuries and mortality. And then from there, I've been working on injuries through the whole time. After uh, working at the University of Washington for five years in my PhD, I also worked on, on that topic in particular. Then I transitioned to the WHO, where I worked uh, on the topic of firearms, but I also developed there a, uh, a capacity building program called Teach VIP. I came up with a name and came up with uh, most of the initial basics of that course. Um, after WHO, I transitioned for a while at the Geneva University Hospitals, and I worked more on quality of care. Um, and then transitioned to the University uh, of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, where I became faculty and worked there for six years um, on topics related to occupational injuries, transportation injuries, and uh, violence uh, overall. Uh, 
following uh, the University of Washington, I went to the Rand Corporation where I worked a little bit on, on transportation injuries. And from there, I transitioned to the World Bank. At the World Bank, I was hired there to apply some of the methodologies that I had developed at the University of North Carolina in regards to transportation injuries, uh, looking at spatio-temporal distribution of events and doing some spatio-temporal analyses. Um, I worked on the topic of, of crime and violence against youth. And then at the World Bank, I rejoined uh, again collaborations with colleagues I had known for years at the Centers for Disease Control and engaged in a project called INSPIRE, a, a document that was created by several UN institutions. While I was at the bank, we gave some inputs for that. And that uh, led to a transition to working against uh, violence against children at the Centers for Disease Control. So I've, uh, I've been throughout uh, in my career in several countries, uh, several types of institutions, multilateral, private, academic, and so that's uh, it's been a it's been a good ride, I, I, I guess. It's uh, it's been really interesting and giving me a very uh, expansive approach about this uh, area of work. It's not often I ask a simple question like uh, "How did you get here?" and open up such a wealth of interesting experiences. Uh, just following you through that path was exhausting. <laughs> Can I ask, there are a couple of questions that do come out of it, though, that I'd like to um, go back to. Uh, and certainly the WHO, we can focus for a few minutes, uh, and then the World Bank. But um, you said at the beginning that all of this started really with uh, a couple of papers and a little bit of work that you did uh, in, a, in an academic setting. Is injury so interesting that you can just come across it? Uh, and, and what is it about that? field that you just come across it somewhere in some early training and all of a sudden your life path is, is set up in a, in a completely different direction. It, it, I, I do think it's very interesting. There are several, several issues that, that, that uh, sparked my interest. One was, you know, coming from a country that high incredibly, had incredibly high rates of violence. Uh, two, at, at the time, it was, it was a novel topic. I, I didn't realize that injuries were actually part of you could study them with public health methods or epidemiologic methods. And so the novelty was, was fascinating. And three, some of the methodological challenges that you find in, in injuries, I also find uh, quite fascinating. And so from the scientific perspective, also that uh, uh, methodological, uh, sort of the methodological challenges, but the approaches you can take and the nuances that are inherent only to injuries are something that that uh, that certainly sparked my interest early on. Yes, I can I can see that. I can think that uh, the science is about inquiry, isn't it? And sometimes the the struggle with inquiry is a fascination in itself. I, I'm not sure whether too many of us uh, who haven't done that research can quite follow that argument. Could you give me some examples, for instance, of what you mean by uh, finding it fascinating how you apply some of this methodology to a topic? Now, it'll have to be a, a short account, but uh, just, just to sort of those of us that haven't sat down there and had that eureka moment, what do you mean by that? Well, one, when one thinks of injuries, one can think of it in, in many ways. Uh, just by the definition, I can think of an event I can think of an injury in a person or multiple injuries that occur to a person, an event that involves multiple persons, or, uh, and so those, those multiple 
characteristics that uh, uh, are involved uh, just uh, create a series of fascinating uh, sort of challenges whereby you have to define uh, what is it that you're studying in many different ways and you can come up with very different answers. A car crash can involve several people, but the, the car crash can affect one person in many places. So where, where and when and how you define injuries by itself is just fascinating and you can study that in many ways. Yes, and I can see that this is almost unique to injury in that you wouldn't have those same challenges with other conditions sometimes other health Absolutely. conditions. So let's go back to the other couple of hooks that you scattered through your account of your career. The WHO, World Health Organization. This seems to be another example of some uh, an organization which intuitively we might have felt should, would be looking at infectious disease uh, or malnutrition rather than at injury. But you obviously found a home for yourself in that new area of, of interest. Yes, and this was uh, thanks to my, my mentor, my mentor in, in academia, Dr. Arthur Kellerman. He actually recommended and, and oriented me and introduced me to, to, to this particular area of WHO where I had the opportunity to work for a, a little bit over two years and where I learned a lot uh, about uh, injuries globally. Um, but I also had a, a very good chance uh, and actually developed a whole capacity program that didn't exist, a capacity building program um, for a global audience. So that, that was a, an interesting challenge that, uh, that happened there and an incredible opportunity. And VIP stands for? Violence and Injury Prevention. So the, the, the acronym for that uh, particular uh, capacity building uh, program Teach VIP actually stands for Training, Educating, Advancing Collaboration in Health on Violence and Injury Prevention. So each one of the letters represents an acronym for a whole purpose of actually engaging uh, in a collaborative sense to teach about violence and injury prevention. Understanding that every part of the world has its own uh, context and nuances and and has the problem needs to be approached differently. And, and one of the joys of teaching, isn't it, that you, you throw stones into a water and the ripples just keep rolling, don't they? You probably wouldn't know uh, the impact that some of this work that you created there has had uh, around the world, uh, except occasionally when you bump into students or, or mentors who've been involved and come back and tell you about it. That is very true. I couldn't agree more. One, most of the times I would say one never knows what happens with yeah. one's work. And the World Bank. So there was violence uh, that you were doing there largely in, in WHO. That was the focus of the, the area of your injury prevention. And then the World Bank, your focus of injury prevention was, was different. I worked uh, in, at the World Bank. I worked on, on two topics, actually. I worked on violence prevention, youth violence prevention, and uh, mostly in the region of uh, Latin America. Uh, it has very high rates of violence, and a lot of the interventions and ideas was to create a whole network, a regional network that would uh, attempt to implement evidence-based interventions and, and modify policies um, through engagement with governments. But I also worked on transportation safety and uh, used transportation safety methods to apply to understand crime. So um, I actually implemented some spatio-temporal uh, strategies of analysis to understand how crime occurs in different cities and mostly worked in Latin America also. One thing that is clear from what you've been doing is the uh, credible 
closeness or, or relationship between the methods and advancing quite technical aspects of your work with quite applied aspects of your work where you've actually got a real world problem you're dealing with and, and communities who benefit from the outcome. Yes, this is very true. And this is something that, that uh, in the latest uh, latter years of, of my professional life, I've, I've actually come to realize and, and see the importance, not only uh, from the methodological aspect, but the, the political aspects and the, the uh, implications that, that engaging in policy has uh, um, to, to be able to implement a lot of the you know, desired strategies in a more effective way in a variety of contexts. So, so joining the, the policy and the scientific aspects has been an incredible uh, tool for me and has helped me considerably in my last two jobs, actually, at the CDC and at the World Bank. Is that something that you can only really get to towards the end of your career, or can you start off an injury prevention career in that space? Does it come from the experience and the know-how and the contacts and the maturity of, of your uh, real-world relationships that allows you to work in that space, or is it something you can train again as in? I, I think uh, there are elements of both. You can train, but but there's nothing like experience. Experience actually provides you with real examples, uh, real cases, real problems that one learns from, uh, many times from mistakes, uh, other times from a few successes, uh, but uh, I think you can train for that. And I think I think training. Uh, while we focus a lot on the technical and methodological aspects, we should understand also. We should help students understand that the political and the social, the community, the the cultural context are incredibly important when applying scientific principles of injury in a particular setting. I was going to ask you for a closing comment, but I think you've just given it to me. I think those words that uh, you've just been able to so cleverly articulate in that last couple of sentences uh, seems to me to, to capture the sophisticated end of injury prevention thinking at the moment. Um, what do you think about that as an assessment? Do you think this is where it is or do you think there's somewhere else? No, I, uh, Methods in I, context. I, I, I think that's where it is and where it needs to develop considerably. Methods and context. The more uh, we realize how complex uh, the environments in which we live in, the more we need to incorporate uh, that uh, contextual information into our work. Okay. Thank you, Andreas. That was a fascinating conversation. Thank you very much, Rod. It was a pleasure talking with you. We've been listening to Dr. Andres Villavesis. Remember, you can subscribe to the Injury Prevention Podcast in your favourite platform or app and have it automatically downloaded to your device each month. For those of you interested in further information on injury prevention, I'd encourage you to check the journal's website at injuryprevention.bmj.com.